we are. All right, cool. All right, you have the floor when you're ready, my friend. Tight. I gotta tell you that I've had you on my mind now. Heavy in thoughts. It's kinda crazy cause you've been there for some time. If you know like I know, we should let it flow. See where it goes. Cause I'm telling you I've had you on my mind now. It's kind of funny that I'm singing this about you Yeah, what can I do about it? But I've seen it all been leading up to this It's true, there's no doubt about it, no You've been having my nose open all this time now With your fragrance, you make me crazy <laughs> Gotta have you in my morning, noon and nights Don't know what I'll do if I can't have my coffee With the fresh cup, I gotta fill it up A little sugar mostly, honey, little heavy cream Still light and make me feeling right I don't know what I'll do if I can't have my coffee With the fresh cup, I gotta fill it up A little sugar mostly, honey, give me coffee <laughs> How you wanna get it? Uh, how you wanna blend it? Uh, how you wanna size it? Uh, how you wanna drink it? Uh, do you wanna hot? Uh, do you want it cold? Uh, will you want a shot? Uh, cold lotto? Do you want it froze? Uh, tell me how you want it and I'll make it cause I've got it. And if I don't got it, then I'll get it cause I'm about it. King Barista, nice to meet ya. Uh, always treat ya, never meet ya. Never teach ya, never leech ya. I'm just making shit up right now. <laughs> I don't know what I'll do if I can't have my coffee With the fresh cup, I gotta fill it up Yeah, I don't know, that's, that's one of my songs, man That's, like, <laughs> that's an acoustic version of it Yeah, That's the first time I played this song on acoustic, bro, that's crazy well, cool. you answered the call, man. There's challenge. Challenge accepted, dude. Thank you so much for coming, Frankie. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I met you, so I... They, you were performing at uh, closing out. There was a, a charity event in Overtown. Yes. And uh, yeah, there's a uh, there's a great little charity that uh, you know, that provides uh, fridges or they provide a bunch of um, you know food and stuff for for people who need it. It's mm-hmm. uh, they stock fridges around town, and I I saw a volunteer opportunity. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna go check it out. And uh, you know, mostly I was just there watching you because there was like. 30 people trying to take down a tent and I was like, you know, I'm just gonna go over here and look, watch this music over here. It's pretty good. Yeah. And I was kind of in awe at it because like you were definitely, you know, like let's be real. It was the end of a charity event and there were probably like maybe like 10, 15 people watching you, but it didn't yeah, matter yeah. to you. You were still just so happy performing your craft <laughs> and like your energy was electric. So I was just like, wow, I got to know your name. I got to learn your name and your story, man. So yeah. thanks for coming, dude. No problem, man. My I brother. appreciate you for the invite and the chili. I know, you wine. performed that after the chili, and it, it was good on the vocal cords. It didn't bother it, no? No, I did it. I did it. It is crazy, because that chili is, like, making me so sleepy. Oh, it's supposed to be super activating, bro. I don't oh, know. really? Well, yeah, it's a lot of spice. Bro, I drink stuff. coffee all day, I know, every you day. sing about coffee, so you drink that... about coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so that chili was kind of, like, the nice... I would, like, I would eat that before, like, 
nice like bedtime. Okay. Like, yeah, like how people drink milk before they go to sleep. I, I would eat that. That's really good though. Really Interesting. Good. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. Um, glad we got some of this on video. You you would definitely have great style, my friend. Thanks, man. Uh, what are you wearing right now, man? I know like people are listening. So this is uh, Dolce & Gabbana. <laughs> oh uh, shit. This is um um uh, the, the the these shoes are the new Yeezys. Uh, no, nah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I <laughs> I ordered this offline because I seen some um somebody wearing it, and then I clicked the link. Yeah, I have an Instagram shopping like 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 two a.m. sometimes. So I saw somebody wearing. It. I was like, all right, I, I you know I liked it. Click the link. And I'm like, oh, this is my price range. Yeah. Well, you have ordered your own it. brand too, right? Uh, like, I have my own brand. Yes. Is that on your hat too? Yes. Yeah, so this is called Eclectic Crusader. Um, shit. Eclectic? Eclectic Crusader. Eclectic Crusader. What a, yeah, what a yeah. dope name. Yeah. And, um, I mean, you know, eclectic, if you think about the word, it represents, like, being different, being, you know, being uh, original, creative, a crusader, somebody who's a fighter. So, I had to kind of, like, pick something that I wanted to represent that will also mean something to me. Like, I didn't want to just pick a brand that sounded cool, and then I wanted to pick something that actually represented something. So, alright, Eclectic Crusader. E-C-L-E-C-T-I-C. Crusader, C R U S A D E R. If you break it down, it's an acronym. It's a it's a meaning. Every crime legally eradicating children's true inner capabilities can result ugly, sadistic, and destructive evolutionary results. Can dissolve them. Can. What's that can, word? Can so every. Let me say it one more time. I know it's crazy as hell, but this is like my mind, bro. I be I be fucking going crazy sometimes. Every crime legally eradicating children's true inner capabilities can result ugly, sadistic, and destructive evolutionary results. Can resolve it. Not yeah. resolve, no. It can... It the can, R. What is the R for? Oh, it results. 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 Or yeah, results. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, basically what it represents, if we break it down, every crime legally eradicating children's true inner capabilities, basically, if you look at how the system works sometimes, there are certain laws put in place on a slot. You feel me? Like, when they say, like, no discrimination, but then there's redlining, like, there's certain, uh, for, like, you know, certain areas, no segregation, we can't allow it, but then there's certain, like, certain things called redlining and credit mm -hmm. scores you know it's just a sly way to like keep segregation relevant but in this case right there's certain laws that can pretty much like let's put in a place that, or like the system itself that kills our, our inner child you know what i mean like our inner childhood which I, I fully believe in because like you know your inner child is kind of what allows you to tap into your creativity to create some dope shit that could change the world right so like you got little children that's coming up and they're growing up into a system where they got to play by the rules in order to make it in the system, you know, to be financially stable. But sometimes that could be counterproductive to our creative, like, spiritual essence, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, they could really block us off. So, the eclectic, you know what I mean? That's just that part. And then, basically, every crime illegally eradicating ch children's true inner capabilities, the crime part, <laughs> the, the killing our ch inner childhood, can result ugly, sadistic, and evolutionary, can result ugly, sadistic and destructive evolutionary results meaning that it's going to take that child like you know children they grow up and become adults and then they teach children so whatever they learn whatever we learn in our childhood you know what i mean that's like pretty much fucks us up <laughs> in our youth we take that with us because it's our way of life that's all we that's all some children know when they grow up that's all some adults know when they grow up because they were children being taught a lot of poison and then they pass it on to the youth so I feel like, you know, if I was to do any some do anything that would contribute to the forward going of society, it would be to to nip it in the bud at 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 youth at the youth. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to explain sometimes, but like you know what I mean? Like nip it, nip it in the butt at nip the it youth. in the bud. <laughs> <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> nipping in the bud at the youth, like nipping in the bud yeah. at the youth, meaning like, you know, to stop the cycle, you know, yes. like teach the children, like, you know, I don't know children, you know, and that's like, that's a, such a cliche thing, you know, it's the children of the future, but they are, you know, because we were children at one point and everything we know, we learn in our adolescence and we, we take that on. It's, it's rare for an adult, unless you're like an adult that is very open-minded and like a sponge and you see, but, but even that, it's like, you're still keeping a sense of your, your inner child to be able to soak things up and grow. But most adults are stubborn, you know. We take what we learn in our adolescence, and then we, we, we—that's our way of life, you know. And we pass it on down to our children, and we pass it on down. We share that information, but sometimes that information can be wrong, you know. But we don't know because we we got it when we were young. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's just something that, you know. Wow, man, quite the story of a hat, you know. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I know. Uh, dude. I wonder if you're able to have time to to tell the whole story when everyone asks you that. But that's yeah. great, man. I don't. That's the first time I ever talked about it. I mean, yeah. I don't really talk about it much because I'm. It's a brand that I'm still growing. But I figure, you know, if I'm going to make a brand, I want to make it. You know, I'm kind of lazy, so I got to be passionate and enthusiastic. Well, don't about say something. you're lazy. I mean, I, I think a lot of people with some things. A lot I mean. of us say we're lazy, but that just yeah. means that we're trying to be efficient, right? We're trying to. We don't want to waste our energies. I right? see what you mean. Yeah, but, yeah. I'm trying to get the most out of my energy and my time. All right. So in, in order to get the most out of this podcast, Frankie, uh, I like to structure it like a like an autobiography, right? I do that all the time. So let's go over your background a bit and, and figure out how you became so passionate about these issues. So where were you born? Where were you born, Frankie? I was born in Kara City, Miami Gardens, Florida, Miami or Gardens. Murder Gardens. Murder Florida. Gardens. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> channel, channel Channel Seven News every night. You'll get a feature story of Miami Gardens. <laughs> I, I believe it, man. I don't watch much news anymore, but yeah, I guess uh, you guys are on. You guys are uh, in the spotlight. That's for sure. We were, we were, but it's, times are changing, man. Like the state, we got the we got the uh, the Hard Rock Stadium. Yeah. Right, I literally like a walk to the Hard Rock Stadium. Like the the value is growing at a tremendous rate. Like mm-hmm. what was once where you get an apartment in Miami Gardens for like maybe six hundred dollars a month, it's now like at two thousand twenty two. Oh wow! Like it's it's the property value is growing because it's more you know it's more things that's being brought into the neighborhood mm-hmm. that's that's increasing the value therefore moving certain you know bad seeds out of the neighborhood and and it's yeah it's just changed so much but it's yeah. not the same as it was three years ago nah. that's for sure so when do you uh recall your first love of music like what spawned it well according to my dad when i was a little baby i used to be in his car singing uh r kelly song sex me yeah <laughs> i was like in the in a cradle and like I would be singing that song, uh, you know, not that young, but like probably like one or two, but singing like, I mean, it's weird because I'm, I'm an actor first and foremost. Um, I went to Norland Middle the with, with at that time it was a magnet program, no magnet school, middle school, and I went for the acting program. Um, primarily did a lot of stage theater productions that I carry into my my work now. So music was never really like in my path. But my dad is a music producer in Miami. He used to work with Icon Records. He used to work with Trick Daddy and um, uh, Lloyd and uh, Flo Rider and there's a lot of people um, who come from Miami. And my mom, she's a singer. She used to be into music too. She makes beats. She was a producer. She was the first one I knew who ever worked on Fruity Loops. There's a music program. I work on Fruity Loops now. My dad didn't even do music production. Like He was just a rapper, recording artist. So I had music all in my family and I was familiar with it, but I wasn't really in it. But I want to say, bro, this is good. I, I tell the story all the time. I was in middle school, freaking seventh grade. I was 13. And I, I remember watching TV one day, and I seen this blonde-haired, like, flannel shirt, rugged dude playing guitar on TV, bro. It was Kurt Cobain or Bonham. Mm. And I remember seeing that, and my mom had big CD books, right? 
And I seen the Nirvana with the Naked Baby and the Nevermind cover in her book, but I never went into it because I'm like, oh, I was listening to more so hip hop and R&B at the time. So when the name came up, I'm like, I seen that name before. As my mom had the CD, so I, I, I you know, I seen a guy. He looks so Kurt Cobain looks so fucking dope. So I was like, okay, I'm a, um, I'm a look into it, and and that's what got me into really like getting into it, like seeing that, because I had never even, I don't think I even seen a guitar until that point. Mm. And um, my first guitar I made out of a wooden door. It didn't work though, but like I cut a the wooden shape door. Out. Yeah, like a door we were throwing away. Oh yeah. And like I, <laughs> I like cut the shape out and like you know put rubber bands on the thing, because <laughs> I really wanted one, man. I was like, man, like like I wanted one a guitar, but I, I didn't have the. You know, I didn't have one. I didn't know even know where to get one, bro. Yeah. It was so foreign to me. Like, I just thought it was dope, and I wanted one. And then I started slinging candy in school, middle school, slinging. <laughs> like I'm a dope dude. Like airheads and stuff. <laughs> nah, I was selling little cookies and cream Hershey's. Like, <laughs> you know the little nuggets, the little cookies and cream Hershey's. <laughs> Nobody in my middle school was selling that. Cookies they were and selling, cream, yeah, that's a seller, man. Bro, they were selling chips. They were selling. Some dude was selling Whoppers. I don't even know how he kept them hot. It was weird. But middle school, <laughs> strange, bro. Like, but some people were selling like the basics, Snickers chips you know hot chips whatever but i was like okay nobody's selling this so i i would buy a bag it had 32 pieces i would buy a bag for three dollars and 24 cents and i would make nine dollars off that bag after i would sell out and it would sell out every time i would like because yeah. nobody bought it and i would sell the little ones for like 25 cents so it was affordable one dollar get four you know it was crazy bro but i was so determined to get a guitar and i so i, I sold that candy to get the first money to get my first hundred bucks and i brought a guitar and it was on from there Wow, you're literally fueled by candy, man. That's awesome. So, all right, so candy, you got the guitar, and then yeah. when did you really find your vocal abilities like growing? Because I, I didn't notice how yeah, you have great energy on the on the vocals. So when Thanks. did you find that coming out of yourself? I'm still trying to find myself as a vocalist. I don't really consider myself a vocalist, like because I, I play more so. I'm more so a musician, um, but I'm 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 more confident in my vocals as opposed to like maybe two years ago. And I got to give props to my ex manager Charles Vasquez. I was playing at Churchill's one day, um, Churchill's Pub, which is a, mm -hmm. a famous, you know, rock yeah. spot down here. And um, he saw me play one day. This was probably back in like 2010, 2011. I was just out of high school, and um, he'd been in the scene a lot. You know, he's worked with a lot of a lot of local artists. He helped them get to certain points to then break off and get signed by deals and stuff. And um, he, you know, he he met me and he had some, you know, he had some some words to say about my vocals because I was trash at that time, um, but. I work with them, and it's really strange, man, because, you know, as a, you know, I don't know if it's male testosterone or whatever it is, but it's that pride, like, I guess that, that ego that gets in the way. It was like, don't tell me, like, how to sing. But I let it go, and I was just listening to him, and he just coached me. And he doesn't have, like, he, he was kind of more so coaching me in how to use my breathing, how to, like, use my vocals. The style was already there, because I was a big fan of Michael Jackson, a big fan of um, uh, Tyler, Tyler Perry, no, uh, not Tyler Perry, <laughs> Stephen Tyler um, of Aerosmith was a big fan of like certain singers that I really liked, um, and and uh, more so MJ and Marvin Gaye, you know the the R and B soul vibe, and but I just didn't really know like I know the style I wanted to sing in, but I didn't really know how to like execute it or even like technique. So he just kind of helped me like mm. do that. And once oh, he taught me like how to technique and how to stay pitch and all that, I was able to apply my style to the techniques he taught me. I will say that's what came to my mind was Michael Jackson. When I saw hey, you, that's what's up. and I think you know that it's hashtag MJ Innocent. Okay, MJ Innocent. <laughs> you do have like part of the reason I, I I put the MJ label on you is because of how much you love dancing when you're out there. Like you yeah. move it, man. Like 
Yeah. I don't know if you fully scot like like did the whole moonwalk thing, but no, nah, I... I don't moonwalk. I'm, trying, I'm not trying to bias now. What did you have a Frankie walk? You got like your own thing going? Or... Maybe I'm, I gotta work on that. Work... <laughs> Next step, bro. When you're gonna That's be like... selling out stadiums, Mel, you gotta have your own moves. Hey, for real, but, bro. Uh, I gotta have my I... signature dance move. Like Soldier Boy had the Soldier the, the Superman. <laughs> yeah, I'm not into Soldier Boy like that, but I noticed no, like yeah, a lot iconic, of certain artists. Iconic, yeah, 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 they have that. They have that one dance move. Maybe I'll have one. I don't know. So what made uh, you studied MJ? I mean, besides all the negatives, when we look at positives, what do you think made MJ who he, so electric? Because he was a true student of the art form. Like, yeah, I remember this dude grew up like under Joe Jackson, which is his dad, who was a strict manager, who really like pushed him, kind of like Brian Jones' father, Beach Boys. Like their dad was their manager, and he was like pushing them. So he come he come from a background where he, it's, it's discipline. Like discipline is probably the answer. If I had to sum it up in one word, it's discipline. Because not only did he get discipline from his dad growing up in the Jackson Five to win talent shows to get to the point to then get discovered um, by Gladys Knight and you know Gladys Knight, Gladys Knight and Pips uh, to get to, to then be signed to Motown. But it's like they were ready when they got signed to Motown, and he was only like freaking eleven years old. Yeah, it was family. He was Jackson's. eleven. Yeah, he was eleven years old. So he was disciplined. Like that's why he was so dope. You know, I don't really believe. I don't believe in the, the allegations, and I'm a big MJ fan. But at the same time. You see what I stand for. Like, Eclipse Crusader says it all. Like, so if he was really on that shit, I wouldn't even be, I wouldn't even be fucking with him. Like, like, I can't even listen to R. Kelly songs no more. Like, I don't rock with artists who do certain things and, and I can't separate them from their art. You know, some people say, well, I don't support them as a person. I'll just still listen to it. And it's hard to not listen to dope stuff, man, or, or be engaged to dope content because the art is so cool. But, you know, at some point, right. we got to like, you know, we got to stop. And I'm not trying to preach, but it's just, if, if I supported an artist's art, but not their conduct, right. then I would support, kind of support their conduct low-key, you know? Because it's like, right, okay, right. You're, you're giving them your them. energy, you're giving them your attention. Exactly. And so you're supporting about everything about them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's something for all of us to kind of question sometimes. Like, yeah, that this rap song is, you know, sounds good, feels good, but like, what's the message? Like, is it actually like positive? Is it- Bro, NWA's best album production-wise, number producer, so I listen sonically, is Niggas for Life, right? Or, or it's, it's backwards. And I came out in 1991, right before... Dr. Dre started Death Row and left. And it's sonically, it, well, it's so good. It's like, he really did his shit as an engineer. But I cannot listen to that album, bro. Because when I started getting conscious of, like, lyricism mm-hmm. and, and like, how important that is, that album is so f- lyrically negative. Like, they, one, one, they got one skit where they just, like, pick up a prostitute and just shoot her. And then, like, and then they're laughing about it. Like, it's so damaging, bro. Like, it's, it's, it's telling energy is serious, man. And I'm not trying to judge or condemn. It's just... I used to listen to it all the time because that was my favorite album of theirs because sonically it was so good. Like, it was mixed perfectly, but it just was straight bullshit when it came to, like, the lyrics and everything. And it's just... I think when you start getting intact with that type of stuff of yourself, like, you know, when you stand for something, it's like, it's it's, it's not even a thing where, like, you, you're missing out on anything. It's like, uh, I just don't genuinely, like, fuck with that shit. Like, you know, like... Yeah, but, so, but, yeah, I yeah. agree with you. It's, you know, yeah. You start yeah. finding out that type of In stuff. In your... Uh... Well, I guess besides coffee, like, what do you sing about mostly? And it's like, like, what, if you had to describe the, your uh, your message for yeah. the world, like, what would you say? It is? I mean, besides even the eclectic part, like, what do you say in your in your lyrics? Like, where do you, what do you believe? Like, what kind of message or feeling are you looking to portray? Well, I'm trying to. I always try to come from a genuine place. I try to come from a place that it means something. You know, like, I'm a very spiritual person, man. Like, very, very spiritual. Like. Like, I have to come from somewhere where it means something, you know, like, because cause everything that I like, it, it touched me in that way, you know, like, it made me feel, 
something like when I like even like not to get off topic, but just to give you an ex- to to get back on topic with the root. Like I like comedy. I love comedians, but Chappelle is my favorite comedian because he gives me substance. I walk away from his art with something to food for thought. You know what I mean? Richard Pryor, Paul Mooney. So with my art, I try to talk about something that's like deep and. Some of the things I talk about, it got to be coming from a real place. That's why I wrote about coffee, because I really love coffee. Like, I, I want to get sponsored by some coffee company. You know what I mean? Like, seriously, man. Like, I made a commercial with Dunkin' Donuts and everything. Like, hopefully they see it. I don't know. But, like, um, it got to come from a real place. So, I think about stuff that I like that means something to me. But, I, like, I also, like, with this album, uh, Weird Friends came out January, 20, January 29th this year. Like, I wrote about stuff, because I'm getting older, and I'm noticing how <laughs> when you get older... You go through certain things that the average jit wouldn't understand. Jit means child. <laughs> that they wouldn't really understand because they're still a child. So, like, for example, like, losing touch with friends. Like, when you're young, you see things seem so, like, forever, right? Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be friends with this person forever. But then you get older, you get you go through life. And you, you just kind of, like, sometimes you're not even aware of it. You know, you might have one thought one day, like, damn, I remember homeboy. Like, whatever happened to that person? Like, I used to hang out with them every day, right? So, we got, I, I write about stuff like that, especially with this new album, like, my, my fiance Simone, she featured on one song I have called 5 a.m., which is pretty much about a group of fans who reconnected, and they just went to a club one night, and they just hanging out until 5 a.m. On a, on, a, on a Saturday or Sunday before it's time to get back to the status quo, you know, get back to work, um, where they probably won't see each other for another maybe 10 years or whatever, but, like, I'm, I'm coming into that, so that means something to me, you know, like, I'm writing about that. I got a song, um, I like Dragon Ball Z, so I wrote a song about that. <laughs> I love Dragon Ball Z. That changed my life because the messages and that shit. Like, I, I, got, I got on a DBZ late because I didn't grow up as a teen watching it. A lot of my friends did. I was more on Yu-Gi-Oh! and stuff. But older, I got in a DBZ and it hit me in a different way. There was a scene where they were fighting Cell and they had to go in a hyperbolic time chamber to, tr- to, tr- to train. And there was some shit Goku said where they were, they were him and his son went in the train and they were relaxing, they were relaxing in the hot tub and just, like, taking a load off because they were training, like, you know, like, like a year and there is like a day out here, right? In the in the in the, the room of space and time, and he's and his dad and his son was like, "Dad, I feel guilty about relaxing right now because like Cell is out there fucking up the world basically, and our friends is out there fighting him." And then Goku said, "You know, we don't give time to relax our muscles. We won't be useful in a mm, fight." And I was like, "Yo, that's so crazy." And Vegeta is the character who's full of pride, right? And he lets his pride get in the way. He's actually better, a better fighter than Goku, but he's so prideful. Like he he won't even he would never like like surpass him because his pride gets in the way and I, and I and it's, I saw a lot of stuff in that show that made me think about myself so I just try to do that with my music like I try to put stuff in it that like people listen to it it makes them reflect on you know their self like what they're thinking about but I also like to have fun too you know I like dancing like you mentioned so I got a song about dancing you know it kind of lets me get out of my head and I feel like dancing could be a very therapeutic thing so you know yeah I don't know yeah. awesome right uh, do you remember the first time you were like paid to perform or that first time you felt like you made it or something like that uh first time i got paid to perform so long ago i know <laughs> like I, i'm like older than I like a brick like like do you remember i do remember the feeling i got though because all right i remember how it was when i wasn't getting paid and i was just rehearsing in my room with my friends and we started our first band and we tried to be nirvana ripoffs we had a band called aggression <laughs> and we were just doing shows forever we were just we were just playing because we wanted to play you know and i was getting songs out and I, that was payment for me. But then, like, I can't remember exact exact moment, but I remember just getting that bread, and it was like, yo, this is cool. Like, I can get paid for this? Like, this is really, really cool. I think it was maybe $100 or something like that, and, and, like, to my pocket. And it was, like, three of us in a group, so we probably got paid, like, 300 for that. 
And I just remember being like, damn, this is like, this is where it's at. And then my personal projects aside, being just a session musician for other other people, whether it be studio or other singers who are, who are at higher plateaus and needed musicians, being able to fill in as a drummer and play with them and then getting paid like, you know, 500 or 600 a show, like in my pocket before even playing, that's when I was like, okay, this is like serious. Like this is, this is really serious because it may let you, it, 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 it reminds you of where all that time went into. Like, I remember, man, like, like canceling summers with my friends like and i had a great childhood i live in a neighborhood full of children like i was like full of friends you know what i mean it was full of kids in the neighborhood so i had a lot of friends and i remember like certain summers like one one in particular i was like i'm not going out i'm not playing i'm, I'm sorry like i've sacrificed my whole summer just to learn how to play piano because i wanted to play so bad i got into bob dylan at the time and i had just gotten the piano so i was like i gotta play i want to play so i remember the sacrifice man and just the fucking callus on my fingers and plants on my fingers was fucking bleeding like Really like like sacrificing man and, and going in and like really putting time and focus hours into like how to write a song you know like how what makes uh, David Bowie's song so dope or different than like like Prince's songs or like you know what I'm saying what makes I'm a big Neil Young fan like what makes his songs different than studying on my own too not going to school for it you know like I wish I would have went to school for it probably been easier but just really sacrificing a lot of time and then getting that money and it's like, yo, that's where, that's what it's like. Not that it's about the money, but it's just, you know, like who goes to work and not get, like not want to get paid, you know? So, yeah. So what's uh, one of your favorite venues in Miami to perform? One of my favorite venues, it was Churchill's, man, but pandemic, it just shut it down, you know? Yeah, Churchill. Um, Churchill's, yeah. Uh, Churchill's Pub, man, because that was the spot. Like that was the, Churchill's Pub was like Miami CBGB's. Like CBGB's in New York. CBGB's in New York was, um, you know, everybody came from there. Iggy Pop and the Stooges, the Raymonds, Blondie, David Boyd would be there from time to time, uh, Lou Reed, like, so for, for, for Miami, Churchill's was that, like, we had a lot of, we didn't have artists that was on that level, but I think Marilyn Manson, like, he had a manager who was down here, and he, he came out of Churchill's, like, he would play here all the time. That was my favorite spot, man. I, I, I don't know what's happening with them now, but nowadays my mind is on a different thing man it's so weird nowadays because at that time back in like 2010 2011 2010 all the way up until like 2000 i don't know 17 2017 2018 um you know performing performing live is still where it's at but the venues here a lot of venues got shut down we had grand central we had tobacco road a lot of people who are like real miamis they know what i'm talking about we had Vagabond, it was so many, bro, it was so many venues. You could literally go from one venue play, go to the next venue play. It was nuts. And then, like, those venues started getting torn down to put high-rises up because mm, Miami yeah. is, like, a corporate city, a corporate island, right? But, I mean, other than churches, I had a whole bunch of venues I used to like, man. There was one There was one place, Um, the, the, the name leaves me. Um, I can't think of the name, but it was, uh, it was I think, Space? I don't know if Space... I don't even space? know if Space... Yeah, well, that's like uh, more like house music over there. Yeah, but I, I do I do house DJ sometimes on the side, and, um, right. as a, as a character called Venus. You see, you remember you saw me perform, and I had my drummer in the alien mask. Yeah. So that's a concept that I kind of carry. So he's my so Venus is my character who plays in my band as a drummer, but I also DJ as Venus. Ah. Like, and I do a lot. I produce a lot of house music and stuff. But that was one spot that I used to like to go to. But Churchill's was more culture out of every place. Churchill's was the most culture place that I could think of because. I think whoever founded it, Dave Daniels, used to uh, be in New York in the 70s during the time. And he came to Miami and bought a spot. And his idea was to create a scene, like a punk vibe. I mean, bro, all you got to, if you know anybody who went to churches, all you got to do is just say, hey, 
the bathroom was at Churchill's. <laughs> they were so disgusting, bro. They were so nasty and dirty, and they didn't clean it because that was the vibe. That was the aesthetic for that place. I mean, it was a real punk rock, but they had every type of music there. They had jazz night on Mondays. They would have uh, with an open mic in the back. Um, they would have uh, indie night on Tuesday. No, uh, singer songwriter folk night on Tuesdays. And you have artists like Long Wolf, who was this juggernaut. I mean, he would bring an acoustic guitar out, but then he would have like a tambourine on one foot, and then he would have kick drum on the other foot. And probably a motherfucking tuba on his back. <laughs> like, he was just dude, like, he was just a one man band. He would come out on those nights. A dude named Israel, who was like a, his voice was so sweet. Like, he was such a good singer and he had that, that Bob Dylan thing going. But he sounded way better than Bob Dylan. I mean, we had a lot of talent come through there. And, you know, the first place I ever performed was a place called Speak Fridays in Burt Road. But I got my swag or style or my, my knowledge, my teachings from Churchill's. Mm, nice. Um, so, like, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of artists out there, you know, they dream about this, like making a living off off music and, and doing what they love. Do you are, are you full time? Like, are you able to? Is, is it just music and that's it for you? Or? It's full time, definitely. It's just different facets of it. So, like, it's full time music, and it's but it, but the facets are I produce and write and record my own music, but then I'm a studio uh, live performing um, live musician, studio musician oh, right. for other artists. And then I also have my me and my fiance's nonprofit and her sister are nonprofit called Context of a Generation, where we provide platforms for a lot of local artists, uh, including myself and, and her sister, who's a dope singer songwriter, Kiana Major, Major Muse, check her out. Um, so it's 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 like, and I learned that when I got older, because at first I thought, well, I'm only make it in my band, and but you get older and you realize, you know, you got to have different income streams, like you know, like even artists who are like signed and have been platinum, when that when that. You know, when they, they were already at the top, but what goes up must come down. So when they get to that point, you see them start venturing off in other business ventures. Like, you know, whether they 50 cent getting vitamin water or whatever, whatever, you know. But for me, I like to find different income streams in the music, though, you know. Mm -hmm. like, I, And then I still do acting and stuff, too. I might be doing some stuff soon with um City Theater. So, you know, look out for that, possibly. Um, But, yeah, like. You know, it's full-time music. It's just okay. different facets of it. And uh, who are some of, like, your favorite artists that you've done, like, studio work for? I work with a dude named Nelson Sirix. He is the artist, I can say, who is, like, how Akon was when Akon was popping. Like, he would be on it. Akon was the kind of artist who he could feature on any song, and it will be a hit because Akon's on it. That's how I feel about Nelson. Nelson Sirix. Uh, he, he's, a, he's a Caribbean artist from St. Lucia. But he got... He's so... And he also taught me a lot about, like... Being a real polished artist, like, cause he was so polished, like he is very polished, but he's polished to the level where it's like, I really believe, like, yo, he could be on any song and he will make that song pop because he's on it. It's like he bring a vibe to it, kind of like an actor who's just themselves when they're in a the movie. It could be any movie, mm -hmm. but it's gonna be a success because it's Samuel Jackson or Denzel Washington or you know whomever. Like, but like he's that type of artist. Like I love working with him. I produced his first two EPs. One was called Better Brighter Day, and another one was called Late Bloomer. In my room. Back in like 2014, 2015, no AC was fucking scorching hot. But he was so professional. He didn't complain out once and he was hungry, you know, and that, that really brought a lot out of me. That was one artist. Um, I got a, one of my best friends, like who I grew up with, Mark Iggy, who's a, a, a rapper. And also, he was in my first band. Like, we literally grew up together. Like, we started a lot of, he, we start, we taught each other how to play guitar. And when I brought my first guitar, he, you know, I inspired a lot of my, my friends and he saw that and he started learning chords and scales and then he would bring it to me and I would let him borrow my guitar and he would, yo, check this out. He got, uh, Mark Iggy got a band called Nigga Graveyard. 
I know it's nuts, but it's a black grunge <laughs> punk rock band that with the concept, he needs to do more about talking to people of the, the message behind it. But NGY, abbreviated like NWA, NGY, nigga graveyard. It's really just putting, giving a, uh, like making you question the perception of the word nigga. And, um, Put it in context, you know, what is that? Why is it associated with only a certain race? Put in a, 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 a it's like the death of ignorance. Put in a depth to that because if you only you think about, you know, African-Americans with that word, then that says a lot about, you know, when the word itself was used towards African-Americans, but it was more so for represent ignorance. He's just really questioning a lot of stuff. And that's why I like, you know, him and his band. And I play drums in that band sometimes uh, with my homeboy, Brian Ville. That's another artist I like working with. You know, he, he, he likes to... <laughs> I wouldn't call my band that, but, but he does, he does, he pushes the envelope and he, he's very, he's not scared to question certain topics, you know, and, and talk about certain things. I like him. Echo Slum is another artist who's a DJ producer. I was more of a studio musician with him because he's more so a producer. Like me being a producer, I know what I want from artists that I produce. So I like when I work with artists or when I work with producers, I know how to fall back as an artist or a musician and, and kind of like give them what they're looking for. And he's very talented, man. Like, he's worked with so many artists. And he's put me on to a lot of artists that I work with that has, you know, brought money to my pockets or skill, you know, or, or accolades to my um, credentials, you know. Um, but he's pretty dope, too, man. Me and him and, and Nelson work together. I've worked with, um, I play live music for um, Kevin Little. You know, he's the guy who, you know, he's known here in Miami, but he sings that song, Let Me Love You, Girl, Correct My Body, mm -hmm. You Got Me Going Crazy. Uh, turn me on, turn me out. You know, Caribbean artists. Um, a lot of other songs. You know, you know, people know them from too. I've worked with a lot of artists, man. I'm sorry, I'm rambling, but I'm just. No, that's great, man. Uh, um, yeah, but. I'll give a shout out to. <laughs> a lot so, of shout outs, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's somebody I'm missing that I I enjoy working with, but you know. There's what it is. You have uh, had a long career already, man. Yeah. Um, and so I'm intrigued by uh, so, you're getting married uh Saturday next yes. Saturday. And yes. You guys, uh, Beautiful Simone is here. March 5th. Watching. Whenever this comes so, out, the date's March 5th. Yeah. So I was intrigued by your guys' uh, non-profit here. And so uh, let's go over that a bit more. What's uh, what's the name of it again? Context of a Generation. Context of a Coag. Gen not Coag. Coag. And not Coag like freaking family guy. Coag. No. It's just C-O-A-G. Context of a Generation. Okay. Coag. What's the story of that? What's the, what's the, the dream? So I feel like Simone might be best to talk about it, but I'm here. I'll, I'll talk about it. Um, so Simone and her sister, Kiana Major, they started this. What year did y'all start that? Oh, maybe 2015? 10? 2015? No, 2010, no. That was high school. Maybe 2013. So 2013, they started a nonprofit organization, Context of a Generation. And it was for the purpose of um, basically giving young artists the opportunity to travel with their art. Mm. Um, and... They've been working on it for some time, and then, you know, when I got in the picture in 2016, um, and then, you know, me and her, you know, we got together, and then as time went on, 2017, 2018, I, and I became hip to what Context of Generation was. I just wanted to really lend my energy and my soul to this this nonprofit to, to, help, it, to help it grow. And so, I want to say 2019, 2020, we did a, a series, two series, for two series, <laughs> two series uh, for local musicians. One was called The Indie Seat, which you can find on our YouTube channel. And that was, uh, uh, it's, it's an interview platform similar to this, but it's uh, for film. Similar to like a Charlie Rose interview or, um, you know, it's those those classic artist interviews where the artists get to be on camera and talk about their careers, their creative, their creative process. Uh, and then we had, we aired that 8 a.m. in the morning. And then later that evening, 6 p.m., we would air 
what we call the mango sessions, which is the live music performance. That same artist who you saw earlier that mm-hmm. morning in an interview get to see what they're all about in their music performance. And um, that really got us popping. Like, like people, different organizations saw that. We partnered with Google because they saw that. They, they thought it was dope. And we didn't really have much, man. We, we worked with what we had. And I think because we were so passionate about it, I mean, we put so much hours, like 12-hour days. No money. We, didn't, we wouldn't get paid for this. But my dad had a studio. We had access to it. So we woke up like, you know, 7 a.m., 6 a.m. They're from Goulds. I'm from Miami Gardens. Drive, pick them up, come all the way back to North Miami, set up this the, the um, studio um, two sets, you know, we have this, the, the all black background set up for the indie seat and then break it down and then set up the whole set again for the mango sessions. We would, we would be start filming 8, 8 a.m. and won't leave until like maybe one in the morning. Uh, cause we would schedule artists every day, all day throughout for, for like four or five days. We got so much content and put it out, but I think we showed the universe that we were serious about it and that we were willing to like break our necks for it and sweat for it and we did and 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 once we put them out everything kind of just happened you know it happened like how it was it was intended to happen um because we showed we were we were very you know um dedicated or whatever and then from that so yeah our our, basically our 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 organization is really spotlighting um local up-and-coming underdogs entrepreneurs music artists anybody who is Creating their own world, their own universe. Their own we're, not we're not too different. We're not different. Local we might work oh, together. Yeah. You never know. But, but yeah, bro, that's what it's about, man. Like, and, and that's that's what context of generation is about. That's we awesome, we also man. provide the like local artist platforms that they would probably never gotten if they were just on their own. You know, like we had a residency with the Ritz Carlton last uh, for Art Basel um, that just passed, and we were able to put a lot of people on in the lobby. I mean, and that was during. That was during our Basel week, so we had a lot of celebrities come through who were able to see these artists perform too, and and that was crazy. I mean, we had some private there. Same, same, same um week, you know, one area we're downstairs doing our thing, and then like upstairs in a pool party, it was a private event for like Issa Rae, uh, for her NFT party, or you know, Issa Rae is the the creator of um Insecure, you know, Tyler. Um, but it's just like, and Alicia Keys, I think even came through one time and um, it's just, we were in the right spot, but we got that partnership with them and, and we were able to extend that to like a lot of local artists who we know that are talented and should be. You ever seen somebody local that, when I say local, I mean, they're not at that point yet, but they're not at that point of success, but they're just so good. It's like, why aren't you famous yet? bro? like, you're so good or girl, you're so good. Like we, we like to give those type of artists the opportunity because there's stages. There's some artists who, you know, they're, bedroom artists you know they they might have an idea and they might practice in their bedroom in the shower but then there's artists who actually take what they practiced in their room and in the shower and like go to open mic and perform you know and 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 that's like taking it up a notch you know and they might not be at the point of skill yet but they're showing like the universe like i'm i'm, I'm i want to do this and then they put it in then there's those artists who they take it a step further where they're not just playing the songs they wrote but they're actually thinking about like they're, they're so conscious of this type of songs they're writing for the type of crowd that they're writing it for, their market, the demographic, their look, their brand. They're like on point with everything when it comes to that. And to me, like those artists are the ones that are at that, to us, they're, they're at that level where they, they're, they got, they're, they're on the right track. They just don't have the right platform, you know, they don't have the right exposure. So that's what our organization, you know, do. Right, it's like a talent show for the whole community, you know? Yeah, that thing. definitely. Uh, and we I, do artist development too. We work with artists who aren't at that level to get them to that level too. You know, that's awesome, brother. Uh, yeah. I think that's very sustainable. I think, I think that's uh, something that really you know fuels the heart, and I think uh, it's beautiful, man. Um, yeah. Now, it's one of my hardest questions I ask. 
If you had a billion dollars, let's go. About <laughs> a billion dollars, this is exactly what I put myself on dollars. payroll. I would put myself on payroll. <laughs> I wouldn't work nobody's job. I would just put myself on payroll. I pay myself every week uh, a nice salary, so that way it's on paper that I'm getting that I'm actually working. I'm a legit worker. Oh my god, I would start so many different companies. I would just put myself on payroll, and then I would also find you know certain charities. But I would want to get more personal with the charities. I don't want to just give it to charity. Like I want to make sure like I'm personally involved, like right. with wherever the money's going to. Because you can say it's going to charity, and you never know. You just oh, you know, on paper it's. Right, well, let's, go, let's go more specific here, brother. What like <laughs> specific problems in society would you tackle with that billion dollars? So like for example, in inner cities, so many art programs are being taken out of schools. I remember, like I went to a magnet school in middle school, like where magnet meaning like it was an arts program, dance, theater, music art like like fine art and it was you know I, I went there i got a lot of learns i've met so many when those type of schools it's a lot of different demographics there you know it's not just a red line area or community so i learned i that's the first time i think i ever saw like a person who wasn't black like you know what i mean because i went to a predominantly african-american elementary school and then i met like some latins and some whites and like different people you know what i mean like even different blacks like you know different cultures so it was just different cultures like that's so important in the development process as an adolescent, man, because you're not, you're not, you're not um, uh, close-minded on a certain, on a circumstance, based on circumstance, you know, you're not close-minded to your environment, you know, you get to learn, meet new people, so, but I remember, like, being given that opportunity because there was arts in the school programs, and then when I went to high school, like, 11th grade, they took it all out, and then I remember going back by my old middle school, and it wasn't even a magnet school no more, it was just mm-hmm. a regular, I was like, damn, mind you, Norland High, not to, not the shit on Northern High. I didn't go there, but damn, that school was bad because it wasn't a, a magnet school. And the areas in North is Miami Gardens. The only reason why Northern Middle was so good is because of the art programs. So I would definitely focus on art programs mm. in inner city schools. You know what I mean? Like build up the inner city, man. Like just you know, it's the thing called the projects. It's a project. You know, it's to see. I think it's a conspiracy to see how certain group of people would react or or act or interact in an environment that's controlled and unhealthy. So I would definitely like focus on that type of stuff too. You know what I mean? Like just because that's not helping our society. It's not helping America. Like it's not helping us as a people. When a certain community of people is is slacking like a tripod, if one leg is like down, it's just gonna fall. Like you know what I mean? We need to make sure that everybody's good. You know what I mean? If every, if there's a group of people that's good, make sure that this group of people is good so that way they can contribute to society and be productive and we can fucking grow as a country. You know, America's so dope, but it's America's so fucked up when it comes to that type of shit. So. I would focus on that type of stuff. And then as a country, we could focus on looking at other countries who's fucked up all around, you know, and it's not just the area in that country, but the whole country, we could focus on building that up. So then we could start making sure the world is straight. This is all idealistic. Probably shit ain't, probably ain't gonna happen because there's no profit in capitalism in that. But this is what I would do if I had that kind of money. That's a great answer, brother. <laughs> yeah, no, art programs. Uh, art programs, yeah. Education, right? I mean, education. Day, like, kids teach the parents a lot of times and, uh, you can never it's never it's money well spent although to invest all this money in education i mean yeah the private sector has a big responsibility yeah. but there's also i i think all right i love watching oprah right mm-hmm. and actually I, I went back and rewatched like the the beginning of her oprah conversations and it's all about like black history and i i don't know, i think it's before black history maybe mm-hmm. it was last year black history month but yeah. anyhow like we me and jesse here uh tomorrow we were watching one of the episodes and uh basically uh the key takeaway was like, all right, so obviously there's a lot of a lot of difficult things to deal with out there that are happening, right? And and you see a lot of the worst on the news, right? I mean, the worst is shown to us, right? And then right. um, it's hard to forget, and it's hard to wonder like, 
what how can i help you know and it's like what are what how can we help <laughs> like how yeah, can yeah, we yeah. improve this situation because it's easy to get stuck in like pointing fingers like oh this sucks but like i love when i hear people start to be like well here's what we can change right and i think what what the takeaway from the episode with oprah was that obviously voting making sure that everyone votes like you should not like they, you should be <laughs> required to vote like it should be like a requirement almost like for elections and like because yeah. like there's no way it's going to change until people like like value their vote and almost like it's required almost like and then the other thing is like moving money from like they say defund the police it's more like no like fund the mental health practitioners like who go check up on people right fund, like so that the police fund, system can be like good yeah they, they can still come under the yeah. the, the it, it, under the line item it's still police right it's right. just like no police can actually have like mental health degrees or right. like we can have people who check up on children who aren't coming to school. Yeah, because when you're an and officer, like, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but you just made a valid point. When you're an officer and you're dealing with people, like you have to be some t- somewhat of a psychologist right. to know how you to do deal with that. people. And if like that's like a, that's like a like a psychologist, a psychiatrist, psychologist, psychiatrist who's got so many fucked up issues and don't know how to be professional, giving somebody advice like it's gonna be not good. So yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's we need like, mental health uh, definitely in the police department. I think psychology is the key right here. So it's just psychology. like having more people like, like understand, uh, you know, the, the mental health problems that are going on and, and how to deal with it. Um, I mean, do you, uh, in your mind, like, is there any, is there any specific unique solution that you might propose in order to how, how we can solve racism? I, I don't know if racism will ever be solved because we're always going to stereotype. We're always going to whatever. But I think the more and more that, that we're exposed to each other and, mm-hmm. and and the more and more we, we hug it out with each other. Uh, I think America is obviously, you know, we are we are an amazing, an amazing and you know, a guiding force in turn in the world because we're exposed yeah. to so much novelty. There's so like there's so many countries out there who are actually so racist because but we don't realize it because <laughs> right. they, they never really get a chance to show it, right? Because they're like everyone it's like, not televised. Right. It's like it's so many people. <laughs> like China is bad. It's bad over there in China. Like they are so fresh. But I don't know. I've never because been there. So I don't want to downplay China. Right, right. I want to go. A lot of people like <laughs> in America. We have it difficult because we have it front and center. We're exposed to all this. Uh, we have to come to grips with all this, uh, all this, uh, not novelty, but like this this diversity that's that faces us on a daily basis, and like yeah. how to become comfortable with it. And, and in love with it as well. I think people gotta be comfortable in their own skin. I think we compare too much. You know, it's like it's weird, man. It's like we just gotta be happy in our own self. Like let's not look at other people and be like, oh, maybe it's like I, I'm not Caucasian, so I don't know what a Caucasian could think, and I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know what their perspectives are. But I'm a human, so I would imagine that you know, I don't know. Like I just think we gotta try to understand each other. I guess I said it to say we gotta try to understand each other and not be so serious like you know like it's not that serious like what you do is amazing what i do is amazing you know what i mean it's like you gotta also understand that it's bigger than just the common person like like my caucasian neighbor you know what i'm saying like the average person they want they it's like i don't i don't i believe racism is taught bro like i don't think that shit is like genetic you know like i think it's taught I think it's t- it's weird, bro, because I'm a conspiracy nut, so I be thinking about like Big Brother and government and stuff. But I be thinking like, man, like maybe that shit is programmed. It's pro- definitely programmed, you know. Like when we see like 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 black white, like why is everything black white? Why is this categorized as black and white? You know, even if it's not in the context of racism, but still that's subconsciously letting you know or reminding you black white separation. Like you know what I mean? Like it's just li- even if it's that small, like like I think that we gotta just 
I, I believe in the kids, right? Like, cause like the shows my friend be like my friends be having. Um, their demographic is like the the um, young kids who's like in the, it's like a mix of like punk rock with, with acid rap, and they listen to kid. They listen to like XXX Tentanashian and Juice World and like I don't listen like to that, but they, that's their demographic. And I'm seeing them. They the future, bro. Cause they don't, they not on that racist shit. Like they don't hold it like how we millennials do. Like, like cause we're from the la- like millennials are like the last generation of the 70s and the 80s, where we probably know how it felt to, like, before the internet age, you know what I mean? How a PlayStation 1 was so amazing, you know, and the, the Dreamcast and all that. But these young kids, these Generation Z kids, they're on a whole other level, man, and they don't, they're not, they're not wired the same way we are. They don't, they grow up, they're growing up in a society where, like, I mean, it's an amazing time for African Americans at this point, right? Because we, we, you know, we're getting better roles in films, like, we're really prominent right now, like, and... They're, they're growing up seeing that. Like, we had a black president, you know what I mean? So, they even growing up seeing that. Right. Like, it's a big deal for us, but to them, they're growing up in that. So, like, they don't understand the significance of that. And that's that's good because then it's normalized, you know? It's not it's not special. Like, it's normalized. It shouldn't be special. Like, it's sad that it's even special. It shouldn't even be special. It should be normalized, right? We should have Black History Month. Like, it should be normalized just throughout the year, you know what I mean? So, that's why I dig them, and I think that they got it, like... We know you and I, like you know, like we might be long gone. We will be long gone one day, and I just hope that the young generation keeps going in the direction they're going, and the generation Z kids just keep going in that direction because, like, that's it right there. You know, that's the that's the resolution right there. Like, like you know, I think our only issue is us wanting to solve it ourselves. But if we step back from an ego, like I want to be the one to solve racism and just understand a bigger picture for the greater good of the earth. We gonna be straight in like the next twenty years. Right. The young kids, bro, they they got it. Like they don't even thinking about it. like they even if they don't know African American history. The only downfall is that history could repeat itself. But the route they're going in, that shit, like they're good. Like they're not. I don't think it would hit repeat itself unless it's just inevitable in the human genetic. You know what I mean? Um, not to get too deep into that, like, but I think the direction we're going in with the kids, like, in like twenty years, yeah, that's great, man. No, that's I, going to be yeah. the resolution of racism, like, yeah. It's not even that yeah. bad right now, you know. It's just bad system, system, systematically as far as economic racism. That's the biggest shit. Like, but as far as on a physical level, like I think people are more cool nowadays. I mean, as far as where I'm at, you know, like I haven't been able to travel the world just yet, so I don't know how it is. But shit, I'd be watching that footage of like the '50s, like with the dogs and the water holes, and you know, black person can't even walk down the street without getting a rock thrown at them. Like we far gone from that. So I'm thankful for that. even like like gay like gay folks like. You know, you couldn't come out and say you were like that back in them days. You know, like it was brutal. So we're in a really good place right now where like, you know what I mean? It's just okay to be you, you know, as long as you ain't trying to cause no trouble. And we'll see where the world is at. Now, we can't stray away from spirituality, man. Like, we got to stay close right. to God, you know, like that's real, man. Like I know it may seem asinine, but it's not. It's we got to remember we are spiritual beings, you know, like what, what what's on the inside is comes out on the outside. You could wake up one day. I've done this before. I said, I'm going to have a good day. And I actually have a good day. Shit actually works out. But then I'll wake up with attitude and I just have a fucking pissy day, bro. Like, that's not coincidence. That's that's spiritual. You know, it comes from the inside. And if it is spiritual and spiritual exists, then what's the, there is a root to that. Because there's a root to everything. So we can't, we can't discredit God. You know what I mean? Whether it's Jesus or Buddha or Allah or, 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 or Muhammad. You know, they're all just names for the same thing. You know what I mean? We can't get too confused because that's another way to keep us religiously or spiritually separated. Mm-hmm. You know, just like we're, you know, um, um, separated through race and all of that stuff. That's just another way to keep us mm-hmm. separated. But it's all the same thing, man. We all come from one source and like 
you know, I want to try to end atheism. I respect everybody's belief, but I don't believe in atheism because it's, it's, how am I breathing? You know, I know there's a science to it, but there's still a spirituality to it too. You know, like we got, we got astronomy and we got everything that science can prove, but that just even more evidence that there is spirituality because it's a, it's a, it's a root to science, you know, that science can't even explain. And I believe that. I believe when you're right spiritually, you know, and then and, and you're right physically and mentally, that's when the stars align, you know. But the stars won't align if you're not feeling good, if you're not looking, you know, if you're not, you don't look good if you don't feel good. And, you know what I mean? Like, just all that stuff. I don't know if I'm rambling or whatever. No, it's beautiful, man. This yeah. is great. I'm enjoying this. Uh, so I, I listen to, uh, there's one podcast I like to listen to uh, when I'm grocery shopping, School of Greatness, and it's like kind of more self-helpy. Um, but one question you always ask your body is like, mm-hmm. What is your definition of greatness? Of greatness? Yeah. <laughs> Muhammad Ali. <laughs> uh, I'm the greatest. Yeah. I didn't even listen to his album. Sam Cooke produced the album from Muhammad oh, yeah? Ali. The first technical called rap album. Yeah. It was Muhammad Ali. Anyway, greatness. Um, how do I define greatness? Uh, when the stars are aligned. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah, you already kind of said it. Yeah. When you're like so like, when you're so like, I mean, I'm on a podcast, so I got to kind of come off like I got the answers. Like, this is my opinion. You feel me? I'm the interviewee. Hands up. <laughs> yeah, I'm the interviewee, so I'm, I'm going to give my opinion. My opinion sounds certain, but, you know, it's all opinion, you know. But, like, I, I feel like greatness is when everything is aligned. Like, when, say, you wake up one morning, your whole day is ahead of you, and you physically feel good, you ain't got no aches. And like you mentally are ready, like you you just feel great, you're confident mentally and spiritually, you got no confusion. Like it's just everything is just aligned. To me, that's greatness. Because now you're a portal that's just open for mm-hmm. all that great shit, you know, all for everything that would define greatness in a context of materialism or luxury or whatever, you know. But all that comes with self. Like you're not gonna get none of that if you're not open, you know, to it, I believe. So I think greatness is when you're I am great, you know what I mean? Like I am, like when you're when you when you're just aligned with everything, you know. And that's why we gotta start taking care of ourselves. We gotta work out, you know, make sure we're physically good. Even if we're not trying to get buff, but just to make sure we're physically able and fit, you know. We gotta make sure we eat right. That chili was so fucking boss. We gotta make sure we eat right, you know what I mean? We gotta make sure that we're we're not subjecting ourselves to mental abuse or mental uh, de- uh degrading or degradation or uh, deterioration, mental deterioration. Like we gotta make sure we just keep ourselves healthy, and it's hard, man, because we live in a world where the popular thing to do is to do all the bad shit. You know, that's not healthy. You know, it's a way of life. You know, social media is not healthy. But I got Instagram because I'm a music artist, and you, you know, you gotta have that. You can't even get into certain platforms, or you can't get into certain plateaus if you don't have a social media as a music artist. I don't know if y'all knew that, but I would not have an Instagram or a fucking Twitter or none of that shit, bro, because it's so unhealthy. All you do is compare yourself to what everybody else is doing and that shit causes mental depression and it's not good so like you know what i mean like just making sure we stay aligned with all that stuff physically mentally spiritually the holy trinity all three you know what i mean that's great to me you can just be on top of that right fully in the now just accepting whatever uh yeah. is ahead of you you know so mm-hmm. you're actually kind of uh segueing well into my next question about you frankie the character so uh, you are there any um any like any 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 habits or uh, anything that you think makes you really special, like morning routines? Is there anything uh, that you've discovered that you can share with everybody? 
Not re- I mean, not really. Not that I can't share, but that's like, well, where do you get your energy from besides being so, a soul activated with purpose? Coffee? And obviously, coffee, coffee, coffee. But I've been depressed uh, like a motherfucker lately, bro. I've been really depressed. I know uh, I sound like I'm like, God, but I'm a human. I've been depressed like because I'm getting older and I'm just finding my way in the world. You know what I'm saying? The only thing that's really been making me happy is my fiance. I'm getting married. That's been really, I mean, you probably don't know that love, but like that's been really keeping my energy up. Like, because that's something I look forward to, you know? And, and just like on a, on a, physical level like just coffee like I, I love coffee that really but it's just a dependent drug you know what i mean like it's not real like it does definitely give me the energy and enthusiasm but i want to get that without that like i want to get that without it you know like I, i've been just trying to find like my happiness and it's weird because i'm saying all this shit and it sounds amazing that's why when you post this i need to know so that i can save it download it listen to shit every day because it's like, man, my dad and I, we like vessels, man. Other people too in the world, but it's like, we, we get in a certain vibe. It could be the wine too. It's like all this dope, like game just comes out of our mouth and it's just like, yeah. this is good information. And then we don't even live by it. You know what I'm saying? Not right, all the time. Right, so right. I need to listen to this too. So I can stay on it as well because it's, it's coming from another place, you know, but like I try to, I just try to find, I don't know, man. I try to find lately you know like with the exception of like my fiance i've been i, I just listened to pet sounds for the first time by the beach boys and that album is so good that's been that's been really keeping my enthusiasm up like i can't stop listening to that album i'm a big beatles fan and being a beatles fan you know you naturally get to learn about the beatles rivals which is the beach boys and this album called pet sounds since sergeant peppers is the greatest album i got my opinions about that but the beatles are fucking amazing but their rival album was Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. And I'm like, what the fuck is so dope about this album? Because I heard it, but I'm like, okay, it's all right. But I'll listen to it again. Shit, amazing. <laughs> so good. So that's been giving me a lot of energy. Even talking about it right now. But I find, that's why I love being a human, man. Because it's like little stuff like that, practical stuff like that. It helps me get through the day, man. With this coffee or a dope-ass album or something. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I just got a new sweater. Like, oh, shit. I can't wait to wear it. You know, like. Like that type of stuff, man. Like, I mean, I'm still trying to find a sense of, like, spiritual grounding. Well, not spiritual grounding, because I'm always going to have my faith and my beliefs. But I'm just trying to get be great, bro. I'm trying to be great, man. Like, I'm trying to get in alignment with, with everything. Like, I'm trying to eat better. I'm trying to, like, work out. I started working out. I stopped. Uh, I got to get back in it, man. I want to be great. I noticed that with bodybuilders, I don't know, but they, they got an aura about them. like Or not even bodybuilders, but just people who go to the gym religiously. They got an aura about them, man. Like, even if they're, like, it's, like just going to the gym, like, they got an aura about them that seems so positive. Like, like babe, when we watch the Big Jaw videos, this is this YouTuber on YouTube, um, and there's a guy on there. They, they just they do skits, like, you know, humorous videos. Um, they're actors and stuff. But one of them, they I think they're, they're, they go to the gym, Minks. And I don't know, man. I've seen behind-the-scenes footage, and I just get, like, a good energy. Like, I like not just him alone, but just other people I meet who go to the gym. Like, I get it's something about... And then being a workout, like working out myself, I noticed that it releases some type of like uh, dopamine or something it releases. But it's like, but that's what I'm talking about. Like that's to me prove, proves my point of like even working out or, or, or being physically in tune. Like it, it just, it just helps unlock like you being great, you know? So I just want to be, and I ain't even trying to get buff or nothing. I'm just trying to be good, you know? I'm just trying to be great. Like make sure I can pick my wife up one day or, you know what I mean? Like I'm just on it, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, I can, you know, be 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 able, you know. Well, don't be too hard on yourself, man. Uh, I'm trying not to, man. One of my favorite quotes, I'm reading the book The Prophet right now, and it's like, it talks about how uh, basically pain breaks the shell of understanding. That's, I agree with that. <laughs> and that, 
Damn, I agree with that, bro. I never read that book, but that just hit hard because I'm afraid to feel pain. Yeah, you have to. Everyone. So that's actually one thing that you learn in life is like, if you want to get spiritually high, you want a life of pleasure. That's great. That's that's available to you, and that's but that's gonna require pain to really surf the heights of of joy and pleasure. Right. You're gonna to have to go through pain, man. It's like when you shed those tears and you get to that final breaking point where you just beat, it's like, it's like you just opened up some shit that just you just start getting blessed all like all right. of a sudden. You know what I mean? Like. Cause it's like highs and lows, and you can't get you know you when you go high, you gotta go low sometimes. I mean, I'm I don't read the Bible a lot, but yo, the Bible's crazy, man. I'm gonna make a yo. All know. right, I got a tip for you. I get it <laughs> delivered, yo. They yeah. every morning you can just have the readings and gospel, and that way you just take it mm -hmm. piece by piece, and you can like theme your day to it. But like it's it's not like I like I go and study scripture for hours. Yeah, like, I don't do that. You can get a morning yeah. email where you're like, oh, that's what's up. Like that's what's going on. Hey, that's today. what's up. It's like it's almost like a, yeah, um, yeah. like those aspirational like quotes, no, but it's from no, no, the Bible just, though. You get it's like the me. the psalm, the verse, the the readings. And it's like as if you go to church. It's like oh. you can go to church in like five just, minutes because yeah, you yeah. just read it in bed in the morning. Oh, that's what's going on. Oh, that's what's like. Right. You don't have to do all the kneeling and all that stuff. Like, see, they they, <laughs> they found they found a way to bring the Bible like or to bring spirituality up to our time because we're so fast paced, right? Yeah, like, get the morning email. You know, <laughs> I mean, I like to kneel to the sun a couple times a day, but you don't have to do that necessarily. Yeah. But yeah, but you, I believe in that too, though, because I feel like you know some you know back in uh, old culture. I mean, you might know more about it than I do, but like they, they some people worship the sun because they believe that was God. But you know, in the Bible it says God. The God said, "Let there be light," and then I believe that's the sun. You know, what well, I mean? God is everything, man. You, yeah. It depends what you choose to have your vantage point of right, right. Of, of worship or, or right. whatever. You know, like, it's great, and the sun is available to us, especially in Miami, especially in yeah. Florida, Sunshine State. So, anyhow, uh, wait, what were we talking about? I don't know. I mean, forget what we're talking about. Oh. Uh, pain. Yeah. You oh, gotta, pain. You... Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. yeah, pain is suffering, right? Anyway, like anyway, the best thing you can do is when you're going through pain, be like. This is life. This is necessary. It's necessary. Uh, and, and what, what am I learning from this? What, what am I learning? And then write it out. Have it, right. keep it. Keep your notes in your phone, and and that it, that helps you get over it really fast. You know, and right. and the, the quicker you write your ship, uh, the more the quicker you learn to write your ship in the future. I mean, it's like. What do you mean by that? Ride your. Ship. I mean, to be all right in life, you can be a little sailboat. You can be a canoe. You can be something just chilling uh, in a little river, enjoying whatever. Or you can be someone, you know, I feel a, a calling. I feel a pull towards the open ocean. I feel a pull mm. towards a uh, greater impact. A leap of faith. I feel a pull towards towards the storm of the world and, and yeah. making a difference out there. And when you go in the storms, like sometime you're going to fall. Your, your ship going to be toppled. But like how fast do you write your ship, you know? And like right. that's what I mean by like pain doesn't, you don't have to live a life of pain. You just have to like go through pain and, and write yourself so fucking fast that that it's like a little blip. You so know? it's like being willing to go through the pain along your journey. Yes. And be, with the and faith knowing you're going to get to with the With the understanding that, that you flip yourself back to pleasure so freaking fast right. with your understanding that you're like, you're just like a, a ship that boop, right back up. You right, know? Like, right, right. Like you, you put yourself right back up like really fast. Okay. But like you ain't going to never stop going through storms. I see what right? you mean. Yeah. If you, you can withdraw from the world and not go through storms, but like a more fulfilling, deeper life is throwing yourself into the storms right. saying... I've learned to write my shit very fast. Right. And, that makes and, damn. That's dope, man. That's, you I mean, made that's, up, you made you came up with that saying, or you yeah, 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 yeah. You, yeah, you come up with stuff right now this day too, man. I mean, <laughs> and that's cool though. That's I the like power that. of conversation, my friends, yeah. and that's like why ride I love your ship. to do you this. Said, ride your ship. Right, write your ship. Write your ship. Write your ship. You know, as if your yeah. your ship toppled over or something like. Oh, fast, like if it, okay, I see what right, you mean. Like write, like correct, like yeah, get it. Yeah. Imagine, a, yeah, a storm may you like topple over. Like how fast do you write your ship? You know, but like we can all learn to write our ship like a lot faster. You know, and that's. 
that, you, that that means that there's no you still go through the pain but yeah. you, you get back to that pleasure real fast you know? I, you know it's interesting you say that because you it's, it's almost like do you think that maybe people get in the way of writing their own shit through stubbornness like they, think, they, they may not want to because maybe there's a certain maybe like to write your ship you might have to like go through the pain you know you have to go through a certain route that you may not prefer to go but because you're not writing your ship or maybe you're not going through that route that is necessary to write your ship you kind of stay in a certain status of stagnation or pain or whatever because you're not doing what's necessary well i mean there's many ways to to write one ship and the best is to be open to the world saying hey here's how we can help you get back on your feet right and to be open to different ways of getting back on your feet to be right? Open, right and so some people are close to, to some of the ways of getting back on their feet right? right and so being most open to any way that you might get back on your feet and that's how you get back on your feet faster but uh, we're getting real deep here uh, a yeah, right? couple of last <laughs> questions that i say a lot of times all right, I like doing shout-outs, Miami shout-outs, because there's a lot of great, you know, local businesses out there, stuff like that. Where, uh, where are you and Simone, like, regulars? Like, where do you guys like to go? Are there any restaurants, any things you guys, places you guys like? <laughs> we like to, um, well, okay, definitely a shout-out to Makatree, who's going to be catering our wedding. Oh. They're right up the street from our house. They got some amazing, there's a lot of Caribbean restaurants around, but theirs are the best, man. Makatree, M-A-C-C-A-T-R-E-E, just, you know, look them up. Um, their food is really good. Like, you know, most people think of Caribbean food, island food, they think of spicy, but it's not even that. It's just really good food. Oxtail, jerk chicken, curry chicken, brown stew chicken. Like, um, um, they got all kind of stuff. Uh, Michael Tree is one. Um, Chef Creole is another one. We like Chef Creole. Um, that's, uh, that's actually pretty famous. A lot of people know about that. Um, are you Car- Caribbean? Like your background, your family? Yeah, I, I am. I'm Trinidadian. Trinidadian. So my, on my father's side, Trinidadian, Arabian. Uh, more of like the, the, the East Indian like folks. And then on my mom's side is Bahamian and like Cherokee Indian on my on my uh, my father's side. I mean, my, my mother's side. Sorry. Wow. You're so, Native yeah, American and I'm Caribbean? Mm-hmm. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. Awesome, uh, that's why I talk about Caribbean stuff a lot. But I need to be more cultured. I've never been to Trinidad. I got grandparents over there. I'm going to go this year. Your birthright. You're going. Trip, man. Go. You're going to go. You yeah, gotta, right. Go. It's my birthright. Got to go. Could have gone there instead of Hawaii. You know, a little more. <laughs> nah, that was Hawaii accessible. That was accessible. Yeah. I'm so happy because I ain't never been, never been to Hawaii. That's gonna be so dope. Oh is it uh, which island is it going? Because there's a few. Uh, which island is it? Is it Oahu? You guys going to Waikiki area? Waikiki, or? I think it's Waikiki. Waikiki. Yeah, Waikiki right. Beach. Tight. Well. Uh, wait. Who else? Uh, shout outs. Shout outs. So. Um, food wise. Food wise. Wait. Is it food wise or is it just like in general? Well, now we'll do the last question, brother. Uh, who's like a fun character? I know you have. You already dropped so many names, but like. Who do you think like might actually come on pod? Who like has a fun story? Uh, or who I can recommend here? Yeah, like who would be your recommendation? Oh man! Or you can um, put a, a few out because I know some people don't like to just say one. Mark um, Iggy got to come through. Mark Iggy because I do believe in what he's doing and I do believe in the NGY project, and I think he needs a platform because he just did an IG live, but he needs a platform to talk about his band. But this guy, so there's a real famous rapper who's deceased now. R.I.P. X.X.X. Tentanashian. And he started in Broward, and he had a whole scene out there. Iggy's with that scene now. He's blowing up with this band. He's the only, because those, those, those guys are like more so rappers, you know, who have the punk rock vibe, but they're rappers. And, and they, they got the rock attitude, but Iggy brings the real rock, because his roots are in blues. You know, we grew up together learning guitar, so he actually plays, and he brings a band out. He would be really cool, man. Mark Iggy, I'll, I'll plug you with him. Um, Kiana Major is another dope artist who would be amazing. You know, she, she always drops some gems when she... You know, and I learn about her every time she she gets the opportunity, like to go on a platform. That's that's Simone's sister. Um, 
Oh, oh, there's a my, my good friend of mine named Richie B. Richard. He has a band called Quiet Time. He, uh, they just finished producing the album. He's also he talks a lot about pressure at home, and it's an inside joke because he brings it up a lot. He's a weird dude, but he's unique, you know. Um, he's a deep dude too, man. Like, but he he's he's. I would love to. Hit, I don't, he's definitely not really gotten a platform to talk to, but I, except for our platform. But I, I would I would love to like hear his interview because I'll be one. It's hard to read him sometimes, man. I would love to like know what he's thinking. Uh, I'll plug you with all these people, man. He's another cool dude. Um, I'm I'm sure there's a lot of people I know, man. Like I just you know when you get put on the spot, you kind of no, like, you you perform very well, my friend. No, you did plenty. A lot of times people will get stumped completely and they'll be like, oh, I don't know, man. Yeah. But I'm like, no, thank you, dude. Um, There's a good amount of artists I'll, I'll send your way, though. Yeah. And I know they'll they appreciate the hospital. The hos, hos, well, thank you, hospitality. You actually hospitality. came through for the chili. You know, not everyone yeah. does that. You know, I mean, not every time does it work out to be the dream. And this was like a dream come true for me. Like, you know, like the host, yeah. an amazing couple on their wedding week, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah for you sure, know? man. I mean, uh, you you were nice when we met and... um. Bro, I'm always down for the arts and the entertainment and, and, you know, if you got to, you know, down to support anybody who who's positive, you know, who's on the right track and who want to, like, give a platform to somebody like me or, you know, artists like me. And you, I want to help. You, you spit know? some serious truth on here, my friend. I think you <laughs> just show it to your parents, you show it to your dad, whatever. Like, yeah, I know, right? Some serious <laughs> truth, man. I'm going to show it to some man. lost person out there. Yo, check this shit out, man. Brother, you are legend. I'm going to show it to myself, right? <laughs> yeah, all right. I'm so happy you came over here and uh, looking forward you want to shout out your Spotify? Is like any way best oh, way yeah, to search? Oh yeah, for sure. All right, so look, you? all you gotta do is go to Instagram and go to W R D F R N D Z. That's that means. <laughs> yeah, write that down if you're listening. Yeah, it's, it's and to help you remember it, our band is called Weird. Excuse me, Weird Friends. Not we are friends. No, weird as in strange. Weird, weird friends. Weird friends. Like let's get weird. Yeah, it's just it's just spelled weird. It's W R D F R N D Z. W R D F R N D Z. W R D F R N D Z. Oh, now I get it. Okay, weird, but you like uh, you skip a few letters. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, weird friends. No, that actually works. I, I, somebody said if you repeat something three times, it starts to connect. I just did that. Okay, so yeah, W R D F R N D Z. Weird friends. Check right. out our Instagram, and in the link in our bio, you'll see a link tree, and there you can go. You can you know you can find our music. I just put a new album out. It's called Self Titled Weird Friends. And that album, man, it's like different. You, you, if you look up Frankie Midnight, F R N, F R A N K I E Midnight, M I D N I G H T. You'll find my music, uh, where I just put solo records out. Um, 2018, I put an album out called Love Stories. That was very theater pop, um, and I actually wrote a little short play to go with it. Um, 2020, I put an album out called Look Up, songs from Frankie Midnight, where that was still the same vibe as the first album, but it was more. Contemporary, but I still use a lot of live instruments. This album, Weird Friends, is my first venture into doing something more electronic because I wanted to just kind of like make something that sounded a little more fresh. But it's still me. It's still very strange. It's not like somebody told me that shit sounded like Pharrell or, or NRD and Parliament Funkadelic, which I thought was amazing compliment. But you be the judge, man. You listen to it, it might sound like something different to you. Like people told me my shit sound like somebody that. I listened to, but wasn't really inspired by in the time. So I guess my influences come out, you know, like subconsciously or whatever. But I like it, man. It's something refreshing. I listen to it like like I didn't make it. Like that's when you know you made something dope when you can listen to it. That when you can listen to something you or you can you know vibe with something you created as if you're listening to somebody you look up to. You know what I mean? So I look up to like I, I really lo- love the music that I put out and I put a lot of time and energy into it too. I'm, I'm about to be putting out some music videos, but yeah, go to Instagram, Weird Friends, W R D F R N D Z. Look up the link, and <laughs> our stuff's on there. Spotify, 
iHeart Music, uh, Apple Music. The links, it's a bunch of links in there. What, uh, choose your choose your poison, right? Where you want to listen? Well, you're still listening out there. No excuses. <laughs> no, yeah, no excuses. I said that's like five, six times, right? All right. All right, brother. Again, right. another little dapsy. Thanks for hey, coming, thanks, brother. Man, no problem. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, cheers to the wedding, man. Hey, thanks.